Welcome to The Broad Pod, just a couple of broads interviewing inspiring women. I'm Becca. And I'm Jackie. Let's get inspired together. Don't forget to stay tuned at the end of the episode for a special surprise for our guest. And thank you to WKWC for allowing us to use their podcast studio. So... Channing's first day of kindergarten was this week. It was. How did that go? It went good, honestly. I cried the day before I made the mistake of playing our song, You'll Be In My Heart by Phil Collins. Oh. And like, we do a lot of like jamming at the house and like dance parties. And I was like, oh, Chan, let's play this one. And then I was like, ah. and she hugged me for like 10 minutes and she was like, it's okay, mom. That is so and sweet. She that said, makes me want to cry. She said, oh, what's. What's that word when it's um, happy and sad, mom? And bittersweet is a word that she's like, yeah, she's trying to say. And she said, it's, uh, she's like, yeah, it's bittersweet. I'm like, wow. Mainly just bittersweet. But yes. um, So I think, honestly, day one, she did really well. I think, um, and the, like I got to walk her in the first day. I didn't realize that I would get to do that. And that was lovely. But I got to walk her into her classroom and. She said she cried after I, I left immediately, just like right away. She cried a little bit and um, she was like, I just, I thought you like left me there forever. I was like, but did oh, I? God. Like, here I am. I'm back. Right. And I, it seems like there were, <clears throat> excuse me, way more positives than yeah. negatives. And um, day two today was even, I guess this will come out in a couple weeks, but um, was even better. I mean, she seemed like she didn't have any really sad moments. So she's such an easygoing, like go with the flow, joyful kids. So I'm very blessed uh, with that, with her nature, because it makes it easy for me to like be able to let her spread her wings because she's just like, I'm cool, you know, especially after like getting the hang of it. Well, I saw that you gave her like a little locket with you and Zach's pictures in it. I thought that was really sweet. Thank you. That was, oh my gosh. So when I gave her that the morning of school, I forgot this part. I'll, it's it is a core memory, but she opened it and she started crying the oh. first yeah before I took her to school and she was just she just out. like under her little glasses she was just like that, that's so sweet and she just oh and that that made me cry obviously but it, that was so sweet and um she it took her a little while to learn how to open it because it's kind of tough but she now like just. At school, she's opening it, and her yeah. teacher told me, like, she said, just look at look at the locket if you, you know, need it. But yeah, it has a picture of Zach and I in it. She did say, I wish you could have put Sylvia in there, too. Oh, <laughs> I, I tried. That's good, though, that she that wanted her in there. I don't know I if tried. I wanted my brother it's in so mine. so tiny. So. I couldn't find, like, a picture that, like, had all of our, f- it was just yeah. too, I couldn't make it happen, so. She got she got me and Zach. Well, but thank anyway. God for teachers, but like Amen, especially yeah. kindergarten teachers. Because I didn't yes. think about that. They probably had several crying. Oh, kids. I mean, when I think back to my they kindergarten, did. I cried the whole first week, stood oh, by the door, like never waiting. left the wall. Oh, yeah. that, like, that gives me like like anxiety of like when I was a kid and be like, I want my mom. Like I remember like yes, brings back that but feeling. For, you're such yeah. a good mom to even think of a locket with your picture. Like yeah. how you know, jewelry. So that, that is so <laughs> Do y'all know the book, The Kissing Hand? Are you familiar with that at all? It's you have to go look at it. It's sweet. You'll cry. But um, oh. it's about this like raccoon who's about to go on their first day of school mm. and the, and like talks about how, you know, they're nervous about it. And the mom says like takes the little raccoon's hand and kisses it and says, anytime that you like miss me during the day at school, like put your hand, you know, and you'll feel my warmth. 
Oh my it gosh, it gives me, me chills. So my freshman year of college, when my mom, like I gave that book to my mom when I left for school. For and college? Then, yes. so sweet. But then like she gave like, so then when she was dropping me off, like I gave it to her, you know, like a week or two before school, she went and bought a raccoon stuffed animal and had sewn a little heart on its oh hand and gave it to me right as she was leaving me. And you're like, no. And I, I don't know, like it wasn't kindergarten, but it was my freshman year of college. Yeah. I just remember like laying in my dorm crying, thinking like, don't leave me. Mom, and I still have that little raccoon. That is but. so sweet. That's yeah. so special. That is very, very yeah. You are the best moms and have the best moms. <laughs> you too. You are. Pretty, and you yeah. do too. <laughs> but, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, our freshman move-in day is next weekend. And so we'll have moms crying, crying in the parking lot. Yes. We yes. have football players crying, you know, when their moms left this oh, past. Oh, that's so, so I mean, so you know, it's all through your life that you yes. have those transitions. And hey, what so. a blessing when you do have those type of people in your life, those moms, dads, right. guardians that, like, touch you in that way that you, that get, you have something that you're going to miss like that. yeah, yeah exactly. that's a blessing you know mm-hmm. for but, sure yeah well anyway it's been good and i, I think it'll only get better yeah. for me <laughs> i know i'm sad I, i'm sad because that's my buddy you know i'll work from home so that's yeah, a transition I, for me I, too I, you know that's what i told matt because matt was like how's jackie i saw that she posted that Channing was going to school and i was like well you had it, it's different than like you know for me asher's been in daycare since he was right. like you know three months old or whatever mm-hmm. so it'll be a transition for us when he of goes course. to school but you've just spent more time at home with her so that's yes a, yeah. it is so it's, i was thinking yeah about it's yesterday. such a blessing but yes it, it makes me i'm like oh my buddy's gone but sylvia yeah. is living her best Life. Oh, I bet she's really living oh, yeah. it now. now she's like, wait Freedom. a minute. Yeah. There can just be one of us during the day. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But all right. Well, we have an incredible guest yes. that has been top Buckle of the list. Belts, and I'm so excited because so her episode is going. So this is season two. So her sister was season one, episode two, and she's going to be season two, episode two. So they're landing on like the same time. Tradition. Yes, I love it so much. So we have Suzanne Cecil White here today. And it's it's kind of insane how many questions I have for her because she is so accomplished. She has been through a lot and overcome a lot. And she's just a really all around amazing human being that I'm very blessed to know. You're really good at making me feel good. Thank well, you. it's true. It's it's really true. We're just excited to have oh, yeah. you. I'm very Yay. excited to be here and Yay. so flattered and honored because I've looked at the list of season one guests and those women are powerful. It's uh, a powerhouse. Yes. So yes. now I get to be added to the you list. You are oh a powerhouse. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Girl, yes. you've been on the list since the beginning. It was yes, just, yeah, you have for yeah. sure. So we're so excited to finally have you here. Yay. So, so is it time for the icebreakers? Yeah, Becca is going to so take the icebreaker, icebreakers away. Okay. <laughs> Number one, Suzanne Cecil White. What are the top three items on your bucket list? Listen, my <laughs> bucket list. Let me just show you in my journal here. She's I have, so good. Um, I mean, this summer we've been working on a list yeah. of 100 dreams or yeah. goals, which I'm only in the 50s on what I've written down, but... Um, you're ahead of me i'm in like the 30s but i was like okay top three Mm -hmm. let me really round this out so thank you for making me think about that (laughs) um one it's been on my list for several years now i really want to do and i want to do it with my kids and my husband preferably but um i want to take us to to a spanish-speaking country and immerse in the language so that we can 
learn the language, obviously, yeah. because they say by 2050, there's going to be more Spanish speaking people in awesome. the United States than any other language, mm-hmm. including English, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's been on my list. And it's going to happen. It is going to happen. It's I know just, that's happen. a huge <laughs> thing that feels a little impossible. Like, how do you up and leave for a month to immerse in a language when you're in your 40s and your kids are in school? But that's on the bucket list. Um, another is so it's been quite a few years ago that I worked the Senior Olympics, the United oh. States Senior Olympic Games. And I got to I got really connected with an 89 year old man who ran the 100 meter dash at the Senior Olympics. And I have been ever since then, I was like, I want to be running the 100 meter dash when I'm 89 years old. So I've got a few years to make it there. Yes, you do. Um, I've got to stick around a long time. But that, that is on my bucket list to be able funny. to still like be to running, running now. In the, yeah. to be in the Senior Olympic Games when I'm 89. So watch out. I love love it. it. And then another is, um, which this has to do with, I've had a little failure experience in that in the last year, but I really want to take, I do the women's workshops and things I've done in the recent years, and I really want to take it um, on the road. I Ah. want it to, whether it becomes a, so a goal, a wish, a dream would be to create a franchise. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing that feels a little impossible. And I had the opportunity last fall to try to take one of my conferences on the road and it flopped um, and it didn't happen. And so it hurt and felt like failure. But I also felt like it was kind of it's just the springboard of mm-hmm. I learned a lot from it and something will come from it. So that's on a bucket list. These are kind of, I mean, wishful thinking. These sound pretty lofty. I I mean, they're reachable goals for you. Like, I mean, yeah, no. I have have no doubt that you're going to make every single one of those happen. Like you, where there is a will, there is a way for you. You're even going to turn your quote unquote failure. It won't be a failure anymore if you learn from it and make it even better. Yeah. I mean, I have no doubt. Yeah. We're going to watch it I just want to go with you to the Spanish speaking country though. Now I might not be able to see you when you run at 89 because I don't know if I'll be around. Yes, you will. You're younger than me. You're going to be there cheering for me. It was so inspiring and um, just motivating to see mm-hmm. like it's not over we turn 40 and we start feeling old yeah. y'all aren't even there yet uh, no I okay am. you I'm are okay yeah. but then <laughs> you know then you think oh man 60s and 70s old and then you see these 89 year olds running sprinting winning medals in the u.s olympics That's i'm impressive. like doing it it's 100 meters so is that like similar to 100 yards so like a football field yes oh god okay that's fine Good for Sprinting. you. I support you 100%. I will be there cheering you on, but I ain't, I ain't running. I ain't running. I'm not running now, but I like it. <laughs> She's a, yes, you are. I've seen you at Orange She's Theory. She's a power walker. Power, walk. power walker. I do the arms. Like, anyway. <laughs> it makes it look like she's going faster, right? Yeah, but not really. It's just because I'm tall. Anyway. Okay, number two. What show is your biggest guilty pleasure? All right. So, you guys, I'm not a TV watcher. Okay. okay. So, our household... Has never had cable. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have internet at oh, our wow. house. That's like awesome. I have to go to I'm the venue to impressed. use internet. Um, so we don't stream television. We have what the antenna picks up, I and love so that. 
our TV, the two channels that it stays on, if it's on, is MeTV, which is all the old shows like Andy Griffith, oh, Green Acres, nice. all the black and white shows. Mm-hmm. And then, um, or we have PBS Kids on. Ooh, that's what we have on a lot. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, so for me, I guess the only guilty pr- pleasure, if I get time to like kick back on the couch on a Sunday morning. I love me TV because saved by the bell comes oh, on. Yes. That's All those good. old shows from yes. when we were kids. Like home improvement. Home that kind of, improvement. Yeah. yeah full house. That's the best. Favorite. I love it. Yeah. I gotta watch me TV. That sounds like, <laughs> that sounds cool. I like it. Kind of TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really it is. It is. So that would be it, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. But so not Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> not my guilty pleasure. Although I was singing the song, to that this morning yeah. to my 14 year old and she's like mom stop. I love that show I think that show is so precious like for the girls I love all the, the songs that they oh I love it yeah so I mean PBS Kiss had some has some great it has yeah, some really cartoons. good shows it does all right so who would you want to play you in a movie about your life and what would the title of the movie be gosh that that one um is a difficult question mm-hmm um, part of me, when I look at, think back on things, I'm like, a lot of times I'm running, like either running from something, <laughs> trying to run away from my problems <laughs> or just running to get to the next thing. So the movie would have to be <laughs> something about running okay, or I love it. like being chased or okay. <laughs> running away from sprinting with Suzanne (laughs) so I have no idea I'm not I don't have a good answer for this um I mean I love some Julia Roberts Sandra Bullock best one of my favorites um and then we could throw in a little bit of um is it is her name is it Melissa McCarthy the the lady on Bridesmaids McCarthy McCarthy. she's yes so put those three in it Love I mean, it. they they can all play me at different parts. I, hang on. I love that. The combination of those three is something I want to be my friend. The movie The Heat yes. with, oh, with Sandra God. and Melissa. So Literally one of my favorite movies. It Maybe is hilarious. the movie's already been made. <laughs> I love it. Those are great answers. And I love, I did not know that about you, that you all didn't, like, you just have, or what the antenna picks up. That's awesome. I love that. Oh, my gosh. I miss that about, like, childhood like growing up on a farm and like being disconnected i miss that so much can y'all say that yes. word again that the what picks up the antenna, antenna? <laughs> the way i've never said it like that in my time i say antenna but is it tan what no I say? it's probably spelled tana. It properly we're saying it country yes <laughs> antenna maybe that's antenna, a kentucky but thing and it i say it in north e. carolina way. no you're saying it, it the right way e, so you're antenna. saying it correctly so, well no you said it and i was like oh that's a cute accent but then she said it and i was like Maybe I'm okay. Wrong so one. say it again. How are we saying it? Antenna. Okay. Did I say it? Say it? Antenna. Yeah, you did. Uh, did Antenna. I say? Oh. oh. We can Oops. play it. Back. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Yes. High five. I think it's cute. It's more That's fun funny. than the way I say it. I anyway, never thought so. of it. But my husband's from Tennessee, and he says things like, "Even I know I have the accent." Mm-hmm. Well, he says stuff that turns my head. Like, what Where did, did you just say? Oh my gosh. What kind of heels are you from? <laughs> He's from Tennessee. That's that's love. a Tennessee thing. <laughs> I love it. It's the only so. ten I see. Ah, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. So corny tonight. Okay. I love she it. is picking up on all the things. I'm I missing them. It. Oh, she's so witty. Oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. That's me. All right, Suzanne, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from. I think 
most listeners are going to know that, but give us yeah. a little bit. Just a little well, bit. I'm from here, right mm-hmm. here in Owensboro, Kentucky, mm-hmm. a graduate mm-hmm. of Brescia University down nice. the road. Went to Apollo High School, Burns Middle School, West yes. Lowell Elementary. Peace Lutheran Preschool. Oh, we go back. You're going way back. Way back. Um, and I've lived, or I grew up here out on the west side of the county on a farm. Mm-hmm. And then after I graduated college, got a job teaching high school mm-hmm. math in Russellville, Kentucky. And so mm-hmm. I moved to Bowling Green and ended up being there for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Before I came back here, which I know we'll talk mm-hmm. some about those stages. I met my husband while I was living in Bowling Green. Such a proud story. Um, do y'all want to? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, might as well put it out to the world. <laughs> Please do. Um, never say never. Okay. okay. Never all say right. never. I'm not a drinker. Mm-hmm. Like I will hang out with all the drinkers and everyone will think, I'm the drunk one, right? but um, <laughs> I have been, me. I'm serious, police on college campus of all the people that were all drunk and I was a sober one once, they accused me of being <laughs> the drunk one and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So anyway, I said, I will never date a guy that I meet in a bar. And I did, I do like bars because I liked dancing mm-hmm. and hanging out and good times and hanging out with all my friends. But I was like, I will never date a guy that I meet at a bar. Mm-hmm. That's just not the setting. Okay. So <laughs> we, um, I was hanging out one awesome Saturday night in Bowling Green at, wait for it, Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out with another friend that was a tennis coach because I was the high school tennis coach, too. And my friend kept calling me to come to the the Deuce. Did you ever hear of the Deuce in Bowling Green? I feel like that was still there when I I was there. I mean, that bar, it changed names every couple of years. Yeah. And it's not there anymore. Okay. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But um, anyway, my friend talked me into coming over there. At about 10 o'clock, I'm like, no, I'm good where I am. I'm good where I am. Barnes and Noble. But I ended up going to that bar that night at about 10 and hung out with her, drinking water, just hanging out, watching the scenery. <laughs> and that is where I met my husband. So <laughs> I love it. We met through his friends, all that mm-hmm. stuff. It really wasn't thought that night that like, oh, I like this guy. I really yeah. was purposely going... I will not date this guy. He's really nice, but I will not because I met him at at the deuce. Um, But, you know, the weeks later progressed. Yeah, you got over that. (laughs) Here we are. Seven. How many? 16, 17 years later, married. Wow. Now. So um, it's it's okay. Just never say never. And you can find love in a bar. (laughs) Barnes and Noble to the bar. Yeah. I love it. I'm sure. Yeah. He thought I was the coolest. And tell us about your kids. So I have Seely and Mm -hmm. Silas. Seely just turned 14. Silas is nine. Mm -hmm. And of course, they just started school too. And, um, they didn't have a problem at all getting out of the car and walking <laughs> good, away from me. Good, good. But yeah, Celie's obsessed with horses. Yes. So we bought our first two horses this um, spring and really just took the plunge and went all in. But she has been obsessed since she was three. We mm-hmm. held off as long as we could mm-hmm. and to make sure it was a legit thing that she was going to and her. She's all in. That's so, great. Yeah. Then Silas's basketball, dirt bikes baseball 
fishing. A boy. A boy, a boy a through boy. and through. I love yeah. that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up on the farm as a kid. Oh, the farm. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I would, we had so much freedom mm-hmm. and we were so independent and we would be out roaming the farm all the time. I just visualize this all the time. I'm like, I don't, I guess I never realized my life was any different than anybody else, yeah. but most people now you're, you were out in the country as yeah. well. So you do relate, but, um, I mean, it was just, we always worked mm-hmm. whether we realized it was work or not. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. We always observed work. We were yes. always at work with our parents, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, my mom was working jobs, um, away from the farm, but when she was home, she was picking strawberries and then yeah. delivering them yeah. to people and doing all that. So we were always yeah. just doing the thing that was just life. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you describe it growing up. I just know when I turned 16, got my license, I got a job in town. <laughs> you got the heck out of there. My brother and my sister were all about working the mm-hmm. summers in, on the farm. the farm. And I was like, where can I go that's not the farm? Yeah. I was the child that they thought would never have anything to do with the farm. Right. Um, and, you know, whenever I got out of college, I was yeah. like, Bye. Peace. Peace. I won't even be back. Okay. And well, you can see that didn't work out. (laughs) It worked out. I don't want to say that in a negative way. (laughs) That didn't happen. I guess I should say, because in 2011, I came back and I'm fully into the farm ever since then, you know, for the last 12 years. But so, yeah, you were saying that you taught out of college for 10 years. So uh, what was that like? Was that, I did you enjoy high school math? I was born to be a teacher. <laughs> I was born to be whether, whatever yeah. teaching it is, whether yeah. it's in a high school classroom or it's on the farm yeah. or standing in the venue at white Chateau, whatever. I, I know that is one of my gifts. Mm-hmm. I played teacher in school from in the basement at my house, I had all the old retired school books. We bought them from old schools. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was playing teacher my whole life. But um, that is, that's my heart and soul. So mm-hmm. teaching, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it has its challenges. Mm-hmm. and But I've also found in my latest career, everything has its <laughs> challenges. And so yes. it's your passion and um desires that drive you but for sure I loved it I loved working with high school kids high school was my my thing and Mm -hmm. I that's the one thing if I miss anything is working with those kids and I was reminded that even this summer I did some traveling with a group of students as a chaperone to Europe and I just remembered it brought back those relationships and connections and Mm -hmm. just fun times that I had with a lot of high school kids and You'd be um, a heck of an awesome teacher. I've, I'm not going to lie. I've been tempted so many times, but I'm not going back to the classroom. Yeah. Where's the wind? No, yeah. Hey, um, did you say never say never? I, say never. I did not put never in that, okay. but I have been tempted so many times. I mean, you know, there's yeah. they always need teachers, and I'm like, sure. oh, I love but there's also things I know that I really love about the freedom and flexibility. Yeah. Of what I'm doing now of course, that I'm not yeah. going to leave. So I just try to find the ways now that I can 
um, pour into yeah, students. Use that skill in yeah. what I was doing because when the whole time I was teaching, I was like proclaiming to these students, uh, pouring into them of what they can be and do and believing in themselves and cha- like that you're you can do it. Like you mm-hmm. can make it happen. So when I left the classroom, I'm like. Oh, now it's time for me to like tell yourself yeah. those things. Yeah, tell yeah. myself those things and show like walk the walk, mm. not just talk the talk, like mm-hmm. believe it. You can do those things, Suzanne. Show those kids. Yeah. Um you weren't just saying that. You believe that. Right. And so now I'm just um Now you're showing to live them. That now you're showing bit. them like I, I what I taught you actually made me like math. I think you would be a great math teacher too, because that's a class, you know, Most, people have like math anxiety and like yes. math fear. And so to have a nice, fun teacher who makes me like learning. Yeah. I needed you, boo. That, <laughs> was, I'm still that was my objective because I love math. I majored yeah. in math. I love some math. Yes. Well, there <laughs> you go. But the world needs you people like it. you, yeah. Suzanne. And then my objective was make it fun and exciting and hands-on yes. and just... um. And it was a hard job because yeah. a lot of people, most people come in there not loving it. Yeah. And so then to like your project being to ma- help them enjoy it, yes. find yeah. some enjoyment in that's it. All, I don't have great. to make you love it, but yes. to be like, okay, math I is okay. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that big transition uh, in, on to the farm. And- yeah. So 2011, you know, I became a mom in 2009. Okay. And after I became a mom, somehow that changes you. Wow. That's when I, um, so through those about a year, the first year and a half of Sealy being in my life, um, I just was yearning to be with my family. Mm-hmm. And so we finally found, uh, I talked to my husband into <laughs> moving, letting us move home for me. Mm-hmm. That was moving a little further away from home for him. Gotcha. Um, so I was like, this man loves me. Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. there are so many things that are a testament of love. Absolutely. And um, so we moved home and I thought I'm going to, take the year off and we're going to build our house. I self-contracted it because I'm a, yeah, I can do that (laughs) person. But, um, I was like, I'm going to take the year off and contract the house, get our house built and I'll apply for a teaching job here in Owensboro. And I was home about a week and my dad showed me an article in a magazine. We've grown fruits and vegetables are for decades since like 1981. And he's like, Hey, there's these CSAs, these Mm -hmm. community supported agriculture subscriptions. We already grow all this produce. You want to try this? This is like a retail option. And I was like, I'll try it. I did not know anything about Mm -hmm. any of it. You can grow up on a farm and know nothing about what they're really doing or growing produce or all these things. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. Well, it took off. I mean, Owensboro was ready for it. Owensboro had never had it. And um, so we learned and grew together in what is a CSA. I delivered Mm -hmm. to doorsteps. Um, I made it so convenient to people to get their subscription box every week of fresh fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. from our farm and some other local farms that had things that we didn't have Mm -hmm. and people loved it. Mm -hmm. And so then I never looked back. It lit a fire in me. I remember that summer, a few months in, I was like, 
why have I why have I not been pouring my gifts and talents into what my brother, my dad, my mom have poured the last decades of their whole life and self into? Oh my gosh! And I just found a passion and That's lit cool. up. And then, of course, we started um, student programs and activities and educational things that I couldn't resist, Mm -hmm. you know, not doing. And so it just lit me up. Mm -hmm. It was also hard and exhausting, too. But it just was a whole new excitement and discovery because I had been that consumer. Mm -hmm. And now being on the other side of the production and then understanding both sides. Mm -hmm. So... Well, so that fire that you have got you named 2021 Farm Woman of the Year. So tell us a little bit about that. What Did you get to do some fun things with that? Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. It's not crazy. It's believable I and mean, it's amazing. It's It was very humbling, very flattering. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been farming now since 2011, so 12, a little over 12 years, um, which that, that was two years ago. So, yeah, that was, that was, it was just amazing. I Mm -hmm. did not expect it. There Mm -hmm. are so many amazing and talented farm women in this state. Um, And you see more and more women as the face of agriculture Mm -hmm. and farms. Um, Definitely it's predominantly men, but there are more and more women. The women have always been a part of it. They've just been behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I always tried to run from it and then dove all in you know, in 2011 and, um, to get that title, I was, that was, that was the first ever farm woman of the year award they ever gave. Wow. Who gave it? I don't Kentucky farm bureau. Okay. That's incredible. And so they started it and that's even a a huge honor. I was like, I was the first one out of all these people, you know, um, so that was really, really cool too. Um, so as far as opportunities, uh, they've, of course, invited me. I've gotten to speak at some women's events yeah. in agriculture. And um, they just brought a huge group to visit our operation in July and where we got to showcase a lot of things. Um, I don't know. It's just that's it's, that's cool. a, it's yeah. an honor. Oh, yeah. That should show you the impact that you've had yeah. all these years now. Being yeah, back and on the farm. That's awesome. It wasn't like I started with that mm-hmm. goal in mind. Of sure. One day I'm. It wasn't on my bucket list that mm-hmm. I'm going to be farm woman of the year. It wasn't even a thing when you started. It wasn't. They a started thing. it. You were the first one. I know. I mean, so on, they started it for you. Hopefully, <laughs> I can. I mean, it lights a fire in yeah. some younger women. Yeah. That that does become their bucket list, and mm-hmm. maybe hopefully they look at me and think. I'd like to have some of her qualities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's lots of people that do, including <laughs> me. <laughs> um, okay, so tell us about White Chateau. Beautiful. Tell yeah. us about that it's, and where that dream came from. <laughs> it, you know, was another thing that kind of came from you just, I don't know. It didn't come out of nowhere and it didn't just, you know, pay for itself all of a mm. sudden. But um, when we started we started a farm to table dinner annually. We've had nine, I think, mm-hmm. eight or nine now years out of the last 12 years. So after a couple of years of me being back, we started a farm to table dinner and we would host it at Hillview Farms with Jim Gillis. He would be the meat man. We had the fruits and vegetables, which makes a great meal. Mm-hmm. And so we partnered on that and we would host it in our old barn. 
Or we'd go to Hillview and we just alternate. Well, our old barn, I mean, literally old barn, nails sticking out, like <laughs> dirt floor. Yeah. Well, we just kind of would improve it a little bit for the farm to table dinner, but people wanted to rent it. And you're, we're like, uh, there's like fuel tanks out here. There's <laughs> big liability. tractors. There is yeah. so much dangerous farm equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought, okay, well, we could pour into this barn and spend a whole lot of money and make it a nicer venue site and still... <laughs> be in the middle of all this stuff and not be mm-hmm. the right place. Um, my husband and I had bought a property down the road, a farm, and I was like, ding, <laughs> maybe we build something totally different down the road and um, go from there, which was kind of, I mean, when I think of it, I'm like, that was crazy. Like, you, <laughs> are they going to come? Like, you're going to spend a lot of money mm-hmm. and... Just think the people are going to come, you know, I mean, they say if you build it, they will come, but that's (laughs) not always true. I'm just going to tell you in business. Yes. I have learned Mm -hmm. many times, um, just like with my conference, I take it on the road. Oh, no, it didn't just work that easily, you know, so they don't always come. Um, But it has worked out and it Mm -hmm. has worked well and it's a beautiful space. And the objective was to bring people. I mean, my whole passion education with having this space was to bring people to an um, urban operating farm. And even if it is for a very nice wedding or event, that there's going to be some plug of agriculture education Mm -hmm. opportunity there. Um, because that is my passion that I saw coming from being a consumer to being the farmer was there's all this misinformation mm-hmm. and that I take it so personal now because we work so hard on mm-hmm. the farm to have misinformation. And so I was like, this is going to be my piece of helping educate the public in <laughs> little <laughs> droplets that. some way or another. And so we host educational Um, events there and we host a lot of weddings and Mm -hmm. showers and parties um, and it has worked but it has not been easy I mean we opened February of 2019 um, really you know had a lot of momentum and I had poured so much energy into it to 2020 Mm -hmm. shutdown and you're looking at a beautiful venue and it's empty Mm -hmm. and you're still paying the mortgage every month mm-hmm. and you're like oh my god we just got started I, I, I didn't have a cushion yet mm-hmm. you know um, somehow it has worked and I don't say that just somehow oh randomly no, you've worked your booty off <laughs> a lot of different pieces mm-hmm. that have worked together that it's been good but 2020 did create a little bit of a stumbling block because all that momentum we created the year we opened was just wiped out. Yeah, you had to start over You had again. to start over mm-hmm. on promoting, marketing, reminding people that you're there because nobody had been there for mm-hmm. months and months, you know. And, yeah. Um, which I told you all my movie would be about running away from my problems. <laughs> well, in 2020, at the end of the year, because we got to reopen in the fall, mm-hmm. and then we got shut down again yeah. um, around the holidays. And I looked at my husband and was like, I can't look at an empty venue again. <laughs> um, I'm buying a camper and I'm taking the kids and we're driving across the country. And I know you can't go because you have to stay here and work. But I know you can. I'm 
I'm going. Okay. Okay. And he did not even try to stop me. And we did. And I, when I look I back that. on that, it was a trip of a lifetime experiences with my kids for two months. But I was like, Suzanne, you were running from your problems. This is what you're doing. I diagnosed myself as. But that was a healthy way to run. <laughs> your problems. I think yeah. of all the time you got with your family and the things you got to see. I wasn't even like friends with you on social media, but I guess somebody would share your post maybe sometimes. <laughs> maybe Katie would. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's so badass. Like I, I, I thought that was a great way to navigate that time. Well, and what and a cool thing to do. One of those things I always said, I could never do that. Yeah. Um, one, I didn't have all kinds of money. Like, where was I getting the money to buy this camper? Yeah. But I was like, screw it. Yeah. Like, we'll <laughs> figure it out later. It. Yeah. It, and, um, and then I always was, and I couldn't just leave work. I'm running the businesses yeah. and the farm, which the best time to leave the farm is in the winter. But my dad was like, you're doing what? Mm-hmm. You're going, I was like, no, we're not like leaving for a year or anything, I, you know, but um, I don't know. I just, we have a sign at the White Chateau that says, imagine the possible, mm-hmm. which, um, so I've always been, that was, that kind of came about actually that fall when we were, before I bought the camper, that was just kind of the lingering thought, like, imagine the possible whenever you like, everything's yeah. terrible, <laughs> but imagine the possible. I and, love that. um, so I went and did it and just. I don't know. Yeah. I learned a lot there too of like, you can, you can, you have to mm-hmm. believe it, which is the word of my year. Right. I now. love that. Believe. Believe. Well, it's, it's funny great. that you say that the White Chateau has only been open since 2019. Mm-hmm. Cause for me, I've been to so many events there. Yeah. And just, I mean, and it's such a staple in the community. Yes, it's yeah, it's such absolutely. a variety of types of events that yes. you host there. I yeah, mean, and so feel, every me, single one beautiful. Yeah, that's and great. So you've talked a lot about fuel. So tell us a little bit more about Fuel Conference. When this comes out, it will be a few days away. So yes. tell us about it. Tell us how that so came about. Fuel Conference. Mm-hmm. Fuel standing for firing up everyone's light. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I've always, I've t- the high, I always think back to the high school girls that work for me. I'm always like, be the light, you know, and I know that's used a lot, but that was just something I always said um, to them and encouraging them. But I'm like, you care. Every one of us have gifts and talents. Mm-hmm. We have a light that we carry and we need everyone's light mm-hmm. shining um, because they're all so different. And that's what creates this whole great world Mm -hmm. is to have lights shining but we know as women our light gets dimmed Mm -hmm. a lot and often and so we need that kind of refuel Mm -hmm. and so we started fuel conference in 2020 Mm -hmm. um it actually it started with under a different name Mm -hmm. and a partnership and we did it in February that year. Mm-hmm. So it was before the shutdown. Wow. We yeah. had our first conference and it was just to pour into women and mm-hmm. kind of refill them and pour, pour into them to bring that light back mm-hmm. um, was the whole objective because I think I'd been walking around pretty depleted, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, in any of those things, if like it's something you need, there are other people that need it too. Mm-hmm. And so that conference in that February of 2020 just lit a fire and started things, which we started our fuel group mm-hmm. right after that conference yeah. um, that is still going to this day, which <laughs> yeah. is pretty amazing is. that we have that kind of mentor group. Yeah. 
But um, so, as I said, that was a partnership that that was actually another one of my failures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't proud of and it was a really hard to walk through. But then we created same conference, new name. Mm-hmm. And that's when it became Fuel Conference. Right. Um, and so we're going into our fourth year and it's pretty exciting. The objective of it, too, is to bring in um, speakers from other places mm-hmm. because we can attend. The, uh, we have a lot of opportunities. There's amazing women in this community mm-hmm. that could fill that stage. Um, and we and so often do. You've had you've had, do. You've had we local always people include there. local yeah, people. There's absolutely. always local people. Yeah. And then I like to pull from all yeah. around the country. And so I travel and go to conferences for myself. Just to, I need refilling and I go places. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of women I see that will not invest in themselves. Mm -hmm. They deserve it, but they can come up with every excuse of why not to. And we come up, I mean, I'm guilty too at times going, no, I'm not going to spend that on myself. I need to spend that on my kids. I need to spend that on, you know, I Mm -hmm. need to do that. So we don't take the time or invest the money in ourselves to go somewhere. So I'm like, well, I'll bring it to you right here in Owensboro, Kentucky. I'm Mm -hmm. bringing it. And what I've seen, it has lit a fire in so many women that after they attend that and love it, they do start going and investing in themselves. Yeah. And then there have been other spinoffs created of these other women's conferences Mm -hmm. and um, experiences that are happening Mm -hmm. um, and people chasing their dream. It's just lit that fire, reminding them of their light and like to use it. And that's been the coolest thing to Mm -hmm. see the list of women in this community that are doing really big things. Mm -hmm. And when they tell me, well, I was sitting right there in the White Chateau at this conference and wrote it down. And that's when I just, you know, it's an idea that probably was sitting in their mind forever. But it just, yeah, that was the the tipping point for them of like, by golly, I'm doing it. Yeah. They see all these other impactful women around them doing it's, amazing things. They're like, well, shoot, I can do this too. Well, and it's such an <laughs> encouraging day. It's such a community day. Mm -hmm. The women there really are so genuine and there's such a connection you create to where it really feels good. Mm -hmm. And you're reminded of the good in this world and that there are women um, that we can be friends with. Because as adults, we have a hard time finding our Uh deep, real friendships. And so this day, it's about creating that. My my objective is creating that atmosphere and environment that just builds community. Yeah. It's a really neat environment. I had the honor of doing a bracelet making yes. event with it. I loved it. And then just being an attendee and um, being like, I consider myself introverted. And I've told you before that like, oh, I actually really enjoyed this. And it like really brought me out of my shell a little bit. And I felt comfortable there and engaging with other people. And it was just wonderful. It, it lit a fire in me. So I yes, really, yeah, and you I are enjoyed doing it. Yeah, I, pretty cool things. <laughs> I'm absolutely, so yeah. excited so, about uh, all yeah, the things. So I appreciate, you know, being able to be a part of it. It was awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, so. One huge thing that I'm really eager to hear you talk a little bit about is, so two years ago, you had a very life-changing appointment at the eye doctor. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So that goes back to, I told you I took this 
camper road trip across the country mm-hmm. in January and February. And um, while I'd been on the trip, I kept having some experiences that with my, I was not, I don't know, something was going on with my body. Mm-hmm. Um, we were snow skiing a couple of times and they kept telling me I was having altitude sickness. Well, I came home and I'm like, I'm still having altitude <laughs> sickness and I'm not yeah. at a high altitude. Yeah. And so, you know, I went to the doctor mm-hmm. and they did all these checks and they're like, everything's fine. I'm like, okay. I, like you want to believe that. Like, okay. But then I'd go home and have all these symptoms and I'm like, no, everything's not fine. Mm-hmm. Silas was, um, needed his kindergarten screening for his eyes. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I haven't been to the eye doctor in probably 10 years or more. Like since before I moved to Owensboro. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'll just schedule an appointment. I am 40. <laughs> I was 40, you know, mm-hmm. 40 then. I'm like, my vision's been doing some really weird things. Like I was driving, pulling the camper at night and could not read road signs. Mm. Yeah, that's And scary. I'm that's like, yeah. what is, this is weird. Mm-hmm. But you can look up and Google and they're like, oh, you can have nighttime blindness. Okay, check. So I'm just, I get my eyes checked and... The optometrist, um, I mean, she she had a mask on. We were still wearing masks then. Yeah. So she was like, if I hadn't had the mask on, you would have saw my jaw, jaw hit the floor. Because when I saw your scans, I knew she knew immediately mm-hmm. what it was. Um, but she referred me to get an MRI and it found that I had a huge brain tumor mm. or very large, um, like Five centimeters. Wow. Which in your brain is a lot. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And my brain was extremely swollen. Wow. Which um, I've heard stories since then of people having brain swelling and they just go unconscious and they never regain consciousness. And I'm like, I was driving a camper across the country with Mm. my two children. Yeah. And with this swollen, how long was I going around with Mm. this swollen brain where I could have just. Wow dropped at any time mm-hmm. so it was an amazing discovery mm-hmm. amazing um in the fact but it was also pure shock you know um which i i think it was all just shock like you just when i the day i went for the mri i can't when i came out of the lab or testing area all the lights were out nobody was there everybody'd gone home so I, they just walked me out the door and of course you don't know yet mm-hmm. and i leave going Oh, it's probably nothing. It's probably fine. They would have said something if they saw something, it's, right? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing. And so I went down, I went to Peacocks and Pearls, and then I was having the women's school meeting. And so I'm like, so I was at Peacocks and Pearls literally a few minutes later. And um, that's when Dr. Martin called me and mm-hmm. was like, Suzanne, it's, and she told me, you know, what it is. And I, so I'm like, okay. Um, and then I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? You know, yeah. and I just went on to my meeting. No, I wait, I called my mom first. I was like, mom, I have a really large brain tumor. She's like, oh well, meet God. me at the Mexican restaurant and we meet and we just stare at each other. Oh <laughs> we didn't even goodness. take a bite of chips. Nothing. We're just sitting there. Like neither like one of us had silence. words. There's no crying. There's nothing. It's just shock. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to go to my woman's school meeting. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. I'm going to go to my meeting because I hadn't been given instruction yet. Mm-hmm. Dr. Martin was making some other calls mm-hmm. to get some official recommendations. Mm -hmm. And so I go to woman's school and then they call and say, you need to go to the ER right now because 
you could hemorrhage at any time, oh like the swelling, all this. And so um, you just go into go mode, call my husband, like, okay, I'm coming home to pack a bag. You've wow. got to take me to the ER. Um, I have to pack a bag because they said I won't leave the, you're like, I'll be in the hospital. Um you know, somebody take care of my kids. We were homeschooling at that time. So I had to call some other parents like, and you just organize it. You just go into go mode of all the things. And I ended up having brain surgery. And how soon after finding out? So that was that night. That was a Monday night. Brain surgery was Wednesday morning because they had to get some swelling down before they could operate. And so they had me on mm. steroids and things to try to bring down the swelling, had surgery, and <laughs> it was crazy. It crazy. Is. Tough recovery. Very tough. I looked fine and normal probably the next day other than the huge incision on my head, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. I was pretty weak and things, but I looked fine. I'm always smiling. And so to most people, they're like, Wow. She's You're good. good. Not You're good to go. Else. Yeah, but the yeah. battle was inside. Sure. So inside. My body was so broken, so fragile is how I would describe it, emotionally and physically. And then just also my body was going through a lot of things trying to recover from that. Yeah. And um, but nobody could see that battle going on. Mm-hmm. And we've all had our mm-hmm. personal battles. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been through things too where you look great, Jackie, on the outside, <laughs> but, you know, dealing with everything you're dealing with. Yeah. So exactly. we can all relate, but sometimes we forget True. to think about that when mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. talking to other people. But I mean, everyone was so supportive. I'd never had a meal train. People did a meal train for me. <laughs> I was nice. blown yeah. away. <laughs> I yeah. watched flowers bloom on my, um, dining room or living room coffee table like and katie would make fun of me i'm like you guys an hour ago that bloom was not open (laughs) (laughs) i mean you were it's the little things at that point right made me sit (laughs) still i had been i told you i'm a runner like not physically like i just go 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 Mm -hmm. i had been go go going ever since 2011 Mm -hmm. so hard and this made it all stop Mm-hmm. Because physically, I could not even like my mental capacity was not where mm-hmm. where it had been. And you wonder, will I ever be the same? No, you will never be the same. But will I be able to do the things again? Will I be able to? I mean, I'm an intelligent, high capacity woman. Will I be her again? Yeah. Yes. But a different version of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you don't recover as fast as you'd like, Mm -hmm. you know, and here I am two years later. um, I have healed so much this summer. Mm -hmm. This summer has been the most healing for me for so many reasons. Um, Just with all my struggles, I I struggled through 2021 for sure, but I'm also not one that's going to mope and cry Mm -hmm. and show it to people. Mm -hmm. The people that knew me closest Mm -hmm. knew that I was struggling. Mm -hmm. But then 2022 was better. I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel like myself again. But I still had um, struggles and battles. And then this year, I feel really good. That's awesome. Overall. I still, there's still things that I'm like, is that because of the tumor? But it's nothing that anyone would ever notice, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 
So do you have to, I mean, maybe I shouldn't ask this, but do you have to worry about that happening again? Like, is there a, a recurrence possibility? Or? It can. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's a slow growing tumor. And yes, it could come back. They removed the tumor and got it all. Mm-hmm supposedly. Um, but I mean, they're, you're talking about them scraping on your brain. Mm -hmm. He could only do so much once he got to that protective layer of my brain. He's like, I could only do so much there. So there could be microscopic cells that we didn't get Mm. and that could grow back. They will grow back slowly. This tumor was probably there 10 years. Wow. Is what he said, just growing slowly. And that last, um, three or four percent of growth is where my body started screaming, going, I can't compensate anymore because yeah. your body does. Your body compensates because mm-hmm. um, there were so many different things that I just kept putting off saying oh, I must be getting old. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which is hilarious to think, you know, especially if I think I'm going to run the Senior Olympics at 89. <laughs> <laughs> but um, your body just compensates until it can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Mine couldn't anymore. So there were so many things going on. Facial numbness, arm and leg pain, um, the vision doing the weirdest thing I can't even describe. Mm-hmm. Um, headaches that headache medicine would not touch. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why did I not think that was odd? Mm-hmm. When I was taking it every two hours, you're not even supposed mm-hmm. to take it. You're supposed to take it once every four mm-hmm. hours. And it was not touching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had come off of some really hard work years of getting White Chateau going, White Chateau shut down, yeah. um, the farm, a lot of stress. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I also kept putting it off as we've been running our tail off and it's a very stressful environment. That's why I'm laying in bed at five o'clock every night because I and can't move again, yeah. mm-hmm. which is not me to be. Do you feel around? like this is, I mean, it has to have, obviously, but like in what ways has it changed? Has it changed any way, like your perspective on life or like how you go about living your life? Uh, yes. But I'm interested in like, no, like are, what are things that you yeah. think about differently now? Well, I definitely have let go of so much control. Mm-hmm. So much control. Um, because when I experienced that, I had zero right. control. You know, the day that you're having brain surgery and you're willing into the operating room, it's I might not even come out of this alive. Mm -hmm. They're messing with your brain. I may not be able to walk and talk when I come out of here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have to release full control of your entire life right there. And um, so there's so many things and situations that go on now that I just I used to try to or think I had control over or could do something about that I'm way more relaxed about. I spend a lot more time with my kids and family and don't stress and worry about the work and the other or disappointing somebody or letting somebody down. Mm -hmm. I don't worry about that anymore. And I used to worry so much about what people would think Mm -hmm. or not be not showing up for somebody. And I don't and it's not that I could care less or right. It's just that priorities you know and important. perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you what can't control matters. what other people think. So you know you, that now you're like, man, I, I can't, can't change. I'm not gonna yeah, worry I can't about change it. Change yeah. them yeah. or that yeah. anyway. And I'm gonna be me and mm-hmm. um, in a respectful manner. Mm-hmm. But so I've let go. I mean, the biggest thing is letting go of 
controlling and worrying or thinking that I have control over things. Um, it's been very freeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are you afraid of anything? Cause I'm sorry, I'm off script, but like to me, when you're talking about like being wheeled in to like brain surgery, I can't think of anything more scary than that. So like, what are like, what could you possibly be afraid of now? Right. I mean, because to me, you've like faced one of the scariest things I could think of. Honestly. No, I agree. And I've actually thought through that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, those things don't hit me. Things don't hit me as fearful yeah. as they might used to. Yeah. But, and I've never felt closer to God in my life mm-hmm. than that time period too. I mean, I felt his presence. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, a miracle. It's been amazing to watch your recovery. And yes, like we can't see that inner battle that you've had to deal with and cope with and the trauma, but just to see you like overcome and like you do show a lot of like just oh, positivity outwardly, you know, and you're just a huge, oh my gosh, a huge positive influence for people, just that positive energy that you give off. And that was a piece that I was worried that or for a while thought I might have lost. Hmm. Because I mean, it knocked well, the wind out of me. We didn't see that, but I'm sure you felt that inside. Uh, you know, yeah, it knocked the wind out of me. Absolutely. Um, and I was like, I've always been the one of the positive mm-hmm. and encouragement, and I don't know if I feel that way. You know, now mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, it's definitely she's back. Yeah, but <laughs> and it's okay it if you aren't either. Of, it know? took a lot of effort yeah. that first year. Yeah, to be like like power through and bring out the positive mm-hmm. um, because it was just hard. You start thinking what's next. Mm-hmm. Is this it? I mean, you know, whenever I was, I was in the ER that night knowing I had that big brain tumor, the first doctor walks in and says, now we're going to have to scan the rest of your body because usually a brain tumor starts somewhere else in your body. And I was, mm. I was like, what, what do you, yeah. what do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> I looked at no. Mike when they walked out of the room like. Yeah. But, you know, I never cried at all until I was home from surgery several days when I actually my mom had to, finally I was able to wash my hair the first time. Mm-hmm. My mom was washing my hair for me and the bathtub filled with blood mm-hmm. because it was all there. dried in my hair. And she just had, she already, I think she already knew. I could, I never looked at her, but she gave me a wash rag to put on my face, mm-hmm. um, obviously to clean and stuff, but I just lost it in the washcloth. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling if I had looked up at my mom in that moment, she was probably crying too. Oh, of course. So. I can't imagine your mom. I mean, yeah, I it was hard on my family and I, I really even. didn't realize how hard because I was just. You just go through the motions and you yeah, do what you have to the, do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were going through completely different motions and coping yeah. and and doing. And so about two weeks post-surgery, there was a morning because my mom would come. Mac leaves for work really early in the morning. So my mom would come and sleep on the couch to mm-hmm. be there with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I she was supposed to get up at a certain time and her alarm was going off and she didn't wake up and I was calling for her from the bedroom and not nothing. And I was like, Oh my God. 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 What's wrong? She was just in such a deep sleep. And that's when it hit me. 
my family is stressed and exhausted. They have not slept (laughs) at Uh all through this, you know, but they also were staying strong for me to not show me that they were having a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. They were scared. Yeah, for sure. Wow. That I had wild? no idea that you had yeah. gone through that. You know, yeah. I don't really, I don't know you well, um, but it's, I've always thought like, man, she is a light. Like you talked about uh-huh. earlier. And now to know that you've gone through that makes it even yeah. more just, yeah. I'm, I'm just even more in awe of who you are and who you put out there. Yes. You came through something like that. Yes. Was, yeah. I mean, that is really inspiring. Very inspiring. Sure. That's an inspiring, inspiring broad there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, I mean, really. you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Tears in my makes eyes. Makes me want to cry right now. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's not make Becca cry. But um, what <laughs> are a hard some... thing to do, but I'm right there at it, man. Anyway. <laughs> what are some other things that you're involved in or that you really enjoy doing, Suzanne? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I love to travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This summer, I finally, I got, it was 15 years in the making. I went to Germany and mm-hmm. Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 years ago when Mac and I first got married before we had children mm-hmm. we hosted a German exchange student a 15 year old girl for a whole year That's she awesome. was our first child <laughs> and uh, through that we built relationships with her teacher and her school and started a whole exchange program in Bowling Green oh, wow. where students um, from Germany come for two weeks in the fall every year and then the students from Bowling Green go there two weeks in June every year and last fall when the teacher was here she's like and the other teachers, they were like, Suzanne, we've been doing this for 15 years. And you've you never started come. it. You've never gone. You started this whole program. I'm like, I haven't really thought of it like that. Never thought, well, why haven't I got to go? I mm. never thought about it. But when they said that, I was like, yeah, I would love to go. Yeah. And um, so I ended up going as a chaperone. Even though I'm not teaching and I'm not <laughs> in that. Bowling Green, good for you. And had the time of my life, mm-hmm. um, just experiencing all that. So I love travel, and now we're hosting a Japanese exchange student. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome in our home, and it's so awesome. And I'm like. We're going to Japan one day. Mm-hmm. Like that's on the list now. Mm-hmm. Hadn't been wasn't on the list two months ago. Yeah. But it is now. Um so how I, long so is this student here for? Just a month. It's okay. an it's an intense, immersive language experience oh. for a month. And I'm like, she is showing like, show me, me the ways. what I can do. Yes. I want to learn the Spanish. I'm like, that's this awesome. is, it's all it's all yes, what part of Japan happen. is she from? Well, it's um I don't know the t- specific town. I could show you on a map. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like three hours southwest of Tokyo. Oh, okay, that's where I've been. Yeah, and yeah, you've to- been Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To that's an authentic so cool. Japanese wedding. So yeah, you that definitely. So cool. it's well, amazing. and I've told her we're going. We're when you get married, we better be invited. We're coming. It's incredible. It's, um, so you've I gotta love go. love traveling. Mm-hmm. I love hosting people. Mm-hmm. Um and. I love learning and history. So that's what I love about traveling so Mm -hmm. much. But I love to bring people in. And obviously, whether that's she's living in our home and fully being hosted, but even just at the venue, I just love hosting or creating opportunities or creating experiences for people. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my thing. Yeah. Um. So even with Fuel Conference or any of the things, I'm kind of um, hidden in the behind the scenes 
But I sit and look at like I created this mm-hmm. experience. Yeah, and you can be proud of it. Yeah. Um, just I know all the pieces to make mm-hmm. it that experience. So that's something I love. Well, cool. Um all I right. That, I'm sorry. Oh, I love no, yeah, that she like came from Japan to like a farm in Kentucky. I know like, what she's an getting, awesome like, experience. America at its finest I, is what I, well, I think of all the time. That's I'm like, amazing. she could have been in New York City right, or yeah. LA. And she's what a in unique experience. Western Davis County on a fruit and vegetable farm. Um, which she got to ride a horse for the first yeah. time. I mean, if you come oh, to Kentucky, that's amazing. Oh, it lit her up. Everything that's has great. been so great but yeah i mean she's having a super unique experience mm-hmm. just being in owensboro mm-hmm. out of the whole united states mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty unique and different than what other people might yeah. experience like what coming people to visit see the u.s on tv about like the u.s and like yeah what we put out there. yes and she's yeah yeah i just think that's really cool that is yes yeah, yes. yeah wouldn't uh something she will never forget and what ever. is her name Emiko. Emiko. Okay. Love it. Yes. Hey, girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who are some women that have inspired you? Or we always say if you don't want to name names because you're afraid you'll leave someone out, then what are some qualities in women? That- so I did think about this. Mm-hmm. And whenever I read or read kind of this question, I was like, the list that started rambling off in my head. I know. <laughs> one, I'm going to name some of okay, them. Okay. Yeah. Please. Um, and when, and I'll, it's really interesting how it's connected so the okay so i'm gonna list this whole list okay and then i might explain a few of them but my mom Mm -hmm. my sister my two sister-in-laws jen and april um both sides of the family my cousin denise my aunts karen georgian Rhonda, and jan they're my mom's sisters Uh, i already said katie my mother-in-law cheryl and then i put my grandmother cecil and my grandmother warren wonderful my dad's mom and my mom's mom. And whenever those were the names that instantly that whole list came to mind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they're all family. That's amazing. Yeah. Which is what a blessing. Cool. We have so many impactful women mm-hmm. in my family. Mm-hmm. And then that's really special, but so many things that they've done, but um, they're examples of confidence. They're examples of unwavering support, mm-hmm. um, accepting me, not just me, anyone for who they are mm-hmm. and encouraging you to be who you are and what God made you to be. Like, mm-hmm. that's just really powerful to me, even when I've made mistakes that or and I've watched others make mistakes. They are still they just still bring you into this circle and love you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen just extreme, um, I don't know, power and strength in. In all of these women, I admire, my sister is so inspiring. She's getting married this fall. Mm -hmm. And she has waited for this. Like waited, she could have dated anybody. Mm -hmm. There have been people that have been interested in her all along the way. My husband was one of them. It's fine. I'm not bitter. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) We love him. But like she waited for the The person that... God had for her That's and that took strength mm-hmm. and courage. Mm-hmm. Um, I admire my mother-in-law, how she just, I always go, man, I, I need to be a little more like her. She just rolls with it. Like she lets you be who you are and she just goes with it instead of being like, well, I think we should do things this way mm-hmm. where I might would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these women 
for different reasons, mm-hmm. beauty on the inside, doing hard things, acceptance and encouraging you to be yourself. They have inspired me. There's a lot of women that inspire me, but mm-hmm. that was the immediate list. And I was like, they're all family. No wonder you are who you are. Right. My goodness. I have you're a good, raised and grew up with amazing women. Support family. And Absolutely. Women what a to, that have and built Denise. me. Was Denise that we just talked to? Our bra last episode. Yeah. 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 She is, she just, she was just me. Episode one. In all the things she just goes for it. She does. She does. She's taken some real risks. She has taken all sorts of risks to create um, something amazing. And she does it with five children. Yeah. Yes. Five five girls. girls. Five girls. I mean, she has. She blows me away. She's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. She really She's, does. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm proud. I'm so proud of yeah. all my family. Okay. So <laughs> speaking of proud, what are you most proud of about yourself? Oh, girl. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I I really, I would have to say I am, I am proud of how much I've overcome in the last two years um, that nobody, nece- people necessarily couldn't see, but mm-hmm. I know on the inside how far I've come in the mm-hmm. last two years. And um, so I'm really proud of myself for making it through that, the mental battle, mm-hmm. because the mental battle was hard. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that there's still, there's there still is a little yeah. of that, but I have come so far. Um, and, and it just to, to come out still, positive and still imagining the possible and dreaming big, still creating these impossible dreams that are going to become possible. So I'm just proud, I guess, of myself for surviving and thriving. As you should yes. be. My gosh. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'm so impressed. I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I usually have a lot to say. I don't have a lot to say right now. I know you are. You are so inspiring, and yeah. we're just so grateful that you were. You would come here and share all this with us, and be vulnerable, and yeah, yeah. It's just so, so nice impactful. to get to know more about you. Yeah, to get to know you better. Well, I've really. said from the beginning with you all on this podcast, the first episode I ever listened to, I was like, they're they're gonna be big. Oh they're gosh, gonna make it. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I'm serious. You're easy to listen to. Y'all have such good conversation. You have these voices that are just that's what captivating. it is. These women um, that we interview yeah. just, whew, but impressive. I'm just you are doing big things. <laughs> so well, I'm you. so honored to be here. To it's because of women like you, though, because that's why we have listeners. Is because so many you know women and men are like, wow, these women are doing incredible things, and they're also like they're aware that you can't balance everything. You can't do it all. You got to ask for help. It's just really neat to see how. Yeah. All of you all thrive and sometimes just survive. <laughs> and you're honest about yes, it. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. So the honesty, too, is just amazing. So we're just happy to have you. And we appreciate you so much sharing. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. Suzanne's sister, Katie, tells us why her sister is inspirational. Suzanne, it's me, your sister, your built-in best friend. Thinking back... I have always been so proud of my big sister. As a kid, I just wanted to be where she was. In middle school, I carried your eight by 10 school photo around on the front of my binder to all my classes. High school, you were Katie's biggest fan. And today, 
I definitely still feel like you're my biggest fan. You've taught me a lot, a lot about life, a lot about business, about taking risks. If it weren't for your motivation and just pushing me all the time, um, KDM Flowers wouldn't be a thing. You've definitely been an inspiration and it's been an honor to get to um, watch what all you've done throughout the years. Look what you've done for agriculture in our community. Look at all the women that you have inspired through Fuel Conference. All of those women in our community that have started their small business, that have taken the first step, you did that. You have fueled everyone's light. I'm still so proud to be your sister. And I don't think I was supposed to cry during this, but I am really enjoying soaking up every minute with you. I still just want to be where you are on the front porch watching sunsets or knocking out a grand wedding at the White Chateau. We make such a great team and I love you.